Hi, folks. Welcome to our Jet Setra podcast. I'm Sports Editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined today in my office at 1355 Mountain Avenue. It's an avenue? It is an avenue, yeah. By sports columnist, that's his voice, Mike <laughs> McIntyre. Mike McIntyre, come on down, buddy. It's good to be back. Uh, so we, we were apart for a long time, the pandemic. Then we got reunited for a few weeks. And then we were then apart again. Well, then City. I went off to the hub. You love saying hub city. Hub city, I do, yeah. <laughs> hub, hub city. So yeah, and then uh, then holidays and all that got in the way. It so. reminds me of Purple City. Do you know what Purple City is? I do not Does know. Does anybody what... know what Purple City is? Yeah. Well, so Purple City is, uh, there's these big floodlights at the legislative grounds. Okay, yeah. And you go there and you look into them, okay, for 30 <laughs> seconds to 60 seconds. And then you look out uh, uh, oh. over the city and everything is purple. Is that healthy for your eyes? I have no idea. That's not like I did a lot about at- healthy things <laughs> before I did Purple City, by the way. Right. But anyways, um, that was back in the 70s, I think. <laughs> it sounds kind of psychedelic, actually. It was very. But I, apparently they still do it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've heard that they still do it. But it was definitely a thing in the 70s. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> everything psychedelic was in no the 70s. No kidding. Though, yeah. It right? just sounds dangerous to the retinas. Um, but Yeah. But it was, I think, something. Somebody actually, anyways, I digress. Um, Speaking of retina, did I tell you? I, I I don't know if we've done a podcast. I cut my cornea when I was in Edmonton. You did mention it. That was so pain. That was the, one of the most painful things. While I, you were sleeping. Well, I don't know. I, I woke up and my I woke up. I thought I had like something <laughs> stuck in my eye, and then throughout the day and. It was it was like really painful. Don't do that again. No, I would not advise. <laughs> I don't want to do that either. A cut on your eyeball is not a lot it of fun. Hurts. Okay, yeah. we're in episode thirty-one of this uh, podcast thingy that we do uh, once a week now, and uh, as usual, we have a first period, second period, third period, and then we have this extended overtime. We might even have a shootout. Maybe are we going to go five overtimes like Tampa and Columbus did <laughs> a week that? ago? Hey. That was fun. Wow. It wouldn't be fun if you were covering Not it. Not for our producer, Jen Zarati, who's sitting here shaking her head no. going, no. <laughs> or um, if you're on a newspaper deadline. Like, good thing that game started in the afternoon. They probably exactly. still got their game story in. But. Plus, I haven't had lunch, so we can't go okay. that long. Okay. So, yeah, my stomach's already growling at 12.39 uh, p.m. This is 12.39 p.m. on Tuesday, August the 25th. Episode 31 of the Jet Setra podcast. The first period starts now <laughs> after an extended <laughs> pregame show yeah the pre- <laughs> that's what that was right yeah so um okay so we're down to the final eight in the nhl playoffs uh what are we calling this the covid free nhl playoffs they're moving along at warp speed as you've noted here in this little note that you send me just so you know folks mike sends me a note uh the morning of our jet center podcast on things that he'd like to chat about and then I edit that, of course, and decide what I want to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how it works around and here. And it's a complete shock to me what we end up talking about. So, um, anyway, so, um, um, okay, so here's a confession. Uh, the day that the Jets uh, got knocked out, right. whatever that was recently, almost two weeks ago, I yeah. immediately canceled my Sportsnet subscription and I have not watched a single minute of hockey since. So does okay. that also mean you're a, you're a Blue Jays fan? You're not watching Jays games either. I have either. not watched that either. Wow. I have not actually. I'm, I I gotta confess, I have not watched any television oh. in almost ten days except for one show. Um, so it's just too darn nice out it to is. be watching Great sports summer. in my basement. I am watching Eco Challenge Fiji though, uh, only because I know a guy who's competing in Sweet. it. And there's a team from Winnipeg in it. I, I don't heard know if that, you know yeah. this. We've done some stories on yeah. it. 
Uh, Randall King did a story for the arts department, uh, Arts and Life, and then I did a story on Alex in our paper on Saturday about his mountain uh, biking uh, building, trail building, but uh, super cool uh, series on Amazon Prime. Anyways. You're missing some good hockey. Who's it's, it's playing? good hockey. <laughs> so, <it's> like, <laughs> uh, so there's one Canadian team left. I've never subscribed. The Canucks? There is. The, hey, who would have thought right. the Canucks would be the last Canadian <laughs> team standing? And apparently, I've seen this on Twitter, that, that as a Canadian, every Canadian is now supposed to cheer for the Canucks. Oh. I've never subscribed to that theory. I don't think most Canadians do. No. That, that you just root. Although it has been, what, 27 years since a Canadian team won the Cup? 1993, Montreal. I think was the last time. Something like that, yeah. Almost as long as the Bomber Grey Cup The Bombers have won a Grey Cup now. Uh, but I don't think the Canucks are going to win the Cup this year because, in my opinion, they're playing the best team that's left standing. That would be the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Vegas is yeah. loaded. Yeah. By the way, if you because you're not watching the games, Winnipeg or Ryan Reeves, um, he was clucking like a chicken the other night against the Canucks. And, of course, because there's no fans, all the audio is being picked up. Uh, and it's glorious. So Dominic Roussel, who plays for Vancouver, he's a bit of a shift disturber. Through the F in there, shift. Uh, but <laughs> him, and, that, him right? and Reeves were going at it. <laughs> and then I guess Reeves wanted to fight him and Roussel didn't. So yeah, the, the camera actually yeah, yeah. caught Reeves like clucking like a chicken, which was hilarious. Nice. Um, and that's one of the beauties of playing in empty rinks. But yeah, Vegas to me is the best team. I think they probably... Uh, you know, I would have said Colorado's up there as well, but they're down 2 nothing to Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, uh, so, okay, so I have been following, folks. I am the sports editor, so I do keep an eye on these things. I read a little bit about it. Uh, that's what I tend to do is read about sports. Um, I don't watch any, obviously, um, uh, not in the summertime anyways. Uh, if the Bombers were playing, I might watch that. But um, so Dallas looks good too, though. I mean, they have good goaltending as well. And they do, although some... their number one's hurt. Ben Bishop hasn't even dressed. Like, right. So they're, they're what's back the other guy's name? Anton Hudobin. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty good. good. Yeah. So... And they've, they've got guys like Tyler Sagan, Alex Radulov, Jamie Well, and these ben. defensemen that they have too, oh, this Heiskanen, Nero Heiskanen is, that his name? is just, yeah. he's a stud for sure. Yeah. And you know, so I don't cheer for teams, but I do cheer for people that I like. And one of the true well, good guys, the NHL, Rick, Rick Bonus. <laughs> You, Rick Bonus is a great guy, sure, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, you, okay. You, you, would you have known Rick a little bit no. from the 80s? You don't no. Talk? Okay. No, of course, I covered Rick, football. Rick Bonus, of course, has ties to Winnipeg and he has ties to Seems Dale, like a nice fellow. Dale Howarchuk. Um, there was a moment last week, Steve, the day Howarchuk passed away, uh, they did a tribute before the Dallas game and Rick Bonus was looking up and there were tears in coaching? his eyes. He coaches Dallas. Oh. So he's the head coach? He's the head coach because he's Why stepped, do I not know this? Remember when. <laughs> Dallas axed their coach midway through this past season because yeah. of the scandal. Yeah. Jim Montgomery. And well, yeah. They haven't really said what that well, was. He later a, admitted it. Was, he's had an alcoholism problem. Right. Yeah. But I think yeah. there was also some inappropriate conduct and there was other <laughs> That things. happens. Yes. <laughs> One could lead to the other, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, Rick Bonus <laughs> stepped in and he's actually guiding the team. This is oh. a guy who's been around the league forever. Of course, uh, he was with the Jets for years. So. He was a head coach somewhere at one point, wasn't he? He was. Vancouver? I don't know I'm, if it was I might Vancouver. Have to Google that yeah, one. but he's yeah. been he was in Tampa for a number of years as an assistant with John okay. Cooper, and now he's getting a chance to. So there's a good guy. Uh, I actually talked to Eric Howarchuk the other day. He said Rick Bonus was one of the first people that called about Dale, and so you kind of have to root for a guy like Rick Bonus. It's nice to see him get a shot now again and doing well with Dallas. And then over in the East, Steve, um, 
You've got the Islanders who are up on Philly. Yeah, That's a wow. bit of a snoozer of a series. Uh, two really low-scoring teams. Right. They don't exactly play exciting hockey. But speaking of coaches, Manitoba's Barry Trotz, that guy's a wizard. Yeah, he's done a heck of a job oh. uh, with the Islanders for sure. You know, it's funny how badly the Capitals have played since he left. And the Islanders. Because they didn't want to pay him. Yeah, and, yeah that was ridiculous. And yeah. now they just yeah. fired their coach, Todd Reardon, after Trotz's Islanders knocked Washington out of the playoffs. There's a lot of no-name coaches. There right? is. And now Washington <laughs> is said to be in the market for a big-name coach who they're going to have to pay a lot of money to. They had one. He won them a cup. And then they let him go because they were yeah. too cheap. Like, yeah. that's sort of karma, right? But, I mean, the Islanders, they lost John Tavares, who signed with Toronto. Right. And all they've done is get better. Yeah, and Toronto's like, been great, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really great. Uh, and then in the other series, Tampa, Boston, and uh, who's up in that one? That's one nothing Boston. They're okay. playing game two later today. Uh, those are the two best regular season teams at the time of the pause, and now they find themselves meeting in the second round. So I don't know. If so I who to, are you picking to win the cup? I then? would pick Vegas. Yeah. I think it's going to be Vegas. I, I That'd like be quite a storyline if Las Vegas won the Stanley Cup. I was thinking that, and they've really. I mean. They had a really good team when they beat the Jets a couple of years ago. Yes. And, and they, they now they have guys like Mark Stone and <laughs> Max Pacioretty and Paul Stastny. And they, they, yeah, they're They've loaded. Absolutely I mean, they're loaded. loaded. And they, have, yeah. they still have a lot of Manitoba connections. We talked about Reeves. They got this Zach Whitecloud on D, yeah, who's a really nice story. We've written about him before. Brandon, right? yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, who's now the GM. He was the assistant. So lots of Manitoba connections. And uh, Vegas seems to be the team to beat. All right, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast, folks. Uh, I'm sports editor Steve Lines and joined by sp uh, sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Uh, Mike, yesterday was the funeral of the Dale Howchuck. Um, you know, you did a nice story today in the paper of chatting with his son, Eric. Um, you know, it's interesting when somebody like this dies, a lot of people really have a lot of feelings about it. I mean, I have my own personal feelings. It's... Uh, <laughs> makes you feel like you're getting a little old yeah. for sure yeah you know and and and, and that and I, you know i have great memories of dale howard playing here long before i was in this business i was a jets fan folks i was a sports <laughs> jets 1.0 at one point well before that i was a fan of the WHA, WHA jets yeah. for sure yeah you know and and cheered like crazy uh, at the old uh, Winnipeg Arena. And you didn't go down to Portage in Maine when they I when was, they introduced Howard Chuck, did I they? Was, no, I didn't. But I was actually at both games, both clinching games of Avco Cup winning wow. teams. So I was in the rink and ran onto the ice. That's <laughs> what we did. Back in the day, that was a cool thing they used to do. I started doing that at Taylor Field as a youngster. Yeah. We used to <laughs> run on the run on the field after Just to the be game. clear, you weren't streaking, right? No, okay. I wasn't. No, I was just a yeah, just I, thought, I was like ten years old. I thought old maybe you had that. looked in the purple lights or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, that's a whole nother story. But anyways, um <laughs> I mean, used to run on the football field and ask the players for their chin straps. This was a really oh. thing they used to do back in right. the sixties, I guess. A nice sweaty chin strap myself. But then but then when the Jets won the Avco Cup, yeah, I remember running onto the ice and everybody was everybody did it. It was crazy. Wow. Used to always the fans used to always run on the field and run on run on the ice. You just can't do that. And that way you can't, no. can't run on anything now in this pandemic right. thing. But but anyways, you know, I have great memories of uh, Dale Howardchuck and you know, and um, you know, it's funny how the one memory always stands out about him, you know, getting cross checked by Jamie McCowan. Right. The Jets had such a good team that year and um 
you know, he was a great player, and uh, they had a, 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 some great teams back then. If not for Wayne Gretzky playing for the Oilers, the Jets might have uh, actually won a playoff series yes. or two. Um, but, you know, you've got to experience, uh, you know, uh, a Dale, uh, you know, through all of this. And, yeah. You know, you want, he, tell me your thoughts about all this a bit. Yeah, you know, it, it's I've, I've, I've sort of wondered wh- how come he still was so endeared by Winnipeggers. And I guess part of the reason is he still spoke so fondly of this place, even though he didn't live here. He hadn't lived in Manitoba for years, right? But his ties to the city remain very strong. His wife, Crystal. He married somebody from here. Right, yeah. Crystal's yeah. from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his oldest son was born here. Yeah. Of course, his banner's hanging up at, at Bell MTS. Yeah, uh, he, still, he doesn't didn't still have a cottage here. He had a cottage here at one right. point Right, he used years. to, which yeah, is where yeah. I first met him yeah. back in the mid-'90s when yeah. I was working at the Interlake Spectator as a journalism student. Uh, and, of course... You know, he's got that connection that he was Mark Shifley's coach. The very first draft pick of Jets yeah. 2.0 was Mark Shifley, who often spoke of Howard Chuck's influence on him. So you you had that continued connection. And to be honest, Steve, I mean, I I really thought that there would be a day that Dale Howardchuck would be coaching the Winnipeg Jets. Like I, I mean, we know Dale Howardchuck loved coaching. He was coaching Barry in the OHL for the last eight eight nine years. Um, and I believe if Dale Howarchuk had not got sick, and like I'm not saying that he would have been the one that succeeded Paul Maurice, but eventually Paul Maurice isn't going to be the coach of the Jets, and somebody else will. And I really thought it could be Dale Howarchuk, and just because you look at all the players, there's so many NHL players now that he's coached. Andre Svechnikov, great young player for Carolina. Uh, was coached by Dale Howardchuk. I mean, you, the list goes on. And so, you know, it's just so sad. And, and of course, we kind of all followed his struggle and his battle, and it looked like he had overcome it. Thanks for chronicling all that, Mike. You've done a, you know, you done a hell of a job doing that for sure. Yeah, yeah no, uh, thanks. And, I, I mean, I, I, of course, have to thank the Howardchucks for Eric, who I got to know on as a golfer uh, here in Manitoba years ago and have always kind of developed a friendship with Eric and then through him, Eric, uh, Dale, but yeah, I mean, in April, like Dale thought he he had beat it, and you know he rang the bell at the hospital, and and tons of debilitating treatment was behind him. He had to have his whole stomach removed. That's not pleasant at all. And then to hear that it came back, and not only that it came back, it came back more aggressive yeah, than ever. Wow, hey, yeah. And I mean, his time yeah. was was so short. Yeah. Uh, one of the really touching things to me, Steve, about this is, and and who wouldn't in a way love to be able to do this that to, to be able to call all the important people in your life as Dale did days before he died and say goodbye like he knew his time was coming to an end and so while it was kind of a sudden unexpected death it, it was also something he saw coming and he was able to have these touching farewells and you know guys like Wayne Gretzky he talked to Timu Solani um, you know hockey royalty really and and he's left a legacy behind. They're going to build a statue at True North Square, which will be, I guess, the first statue we've had and kind of a fitting person for it. And just the generic kind of memorial that's popped up now uh, with under his banner with people dropping off you there know, posters. There's news today that they're going to extend that a bit. Right, uh, just because right? there's been so many people going down. Um, there's, they're also going to have, and we'll share the link when this becomes available, but his funeral, as you said, was held yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, it was limited to just 60 people because of COVID. 
Uh, obviously, they could have packed, you know, probably a hockey rink for it. Uh, there will be a celebration of life down the road. They're going to do something in Winnipeg eventually. Uh, and the funeral service itself will be uh, shared online later this week. There'll be a link uh, that, as I say, will will let people know where they can go see that. Yeah, here's the here's the email I got from True North this morning. They're gonna they're gonna uh, due to community interest and support the memorial in True North Squares Plaza will remain uh, open until September the third. Um, they have the Hall of Fame banner there. And that was in the rafters. Yep. They have that there to allow fans to celebrate Howard life and hockey career. Um, and they encourage fans to be safe and practice physical distancing while in the plaza. Mask use is encouraged. I'll say this uh, to wrap up, but, you know, social media can be a pretty dark, ugly place. We see it all the time. Uh, but it can also be a place to bring people together. And one of the things just over the last week since Dale died, it's been... It's been heartwarming to actually see people sharing their own photos of when they met Dale and uh, their own stories of of running into him, you know, at the grocery store, at the lake or whatever. And he really was for a a huge superstar, like he was a really humble guy, uh, didn't really carry himself with a big ego and always had the time of day for anybody. And, you know, that's that's the sort of thing that it's nice to be remembered. That's the one thing that I, I thought about it. Was that the one thing I remember about Jets 1.0 is very different than Jets 2.0, and and for a variety of different reasons, and I don't mean to be critical of anybody uh, here, is that the, the Jets 1.0 players were just seemed to be much more part of this community. They were out in the community more. They were more accessible. Listen, they were going out to the clubs. They were out at right. different events. They Rory were, Street Marble yeah, Club, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Marble <laughs> Club. You'd see them there, Palomino Club, whatever <laughs> it might be, you know, and. And they, 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 you know, they ended up marrying people and, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of them still, some of them still live here, uh, Thomas Steen, the Babbages, et cetera. Um, you know, there's probably more for sure. Um, it just, yeah, it was a different era for sure. And, 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 and uh, you don't see that from Jets 2.0. Um, uh, there are reasons for it, uh, obviously. I'm not sure all of them good, but some of them good anyways, yeah. <laughs> Okay, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Uh, Mike, speaking of emails that I got uh, in uh, this week, I got one yesterday that kind of floored me a little bit. <laughs> um, it came from the CFL and also from the Bombers. Uh, the league is offering you the incredible opportunity to show your pride in the storied history of the league and your faith in its bright future. Um, for the low, low price of $349. Act you now. Act now. <laughs> you need that <laughs> sham wow guy to be promoting this. commercial for this? <laughs> um, you can have your name etched on the new Grey Cup fan base. So they're going to... But um, wait, there's more. There's more. There, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's more. Yeah. yeah, They're going to build a four-foot base oh. uh, that's going to go at the bottom of the Grey Cup. And uh, they're going to etch the names of fans. They're, um, you know, I'm not sure what to say other than I was aghast and uh, appalled, frankly, at this latest attempt by the CFL to uh, get money out of panhandle. Panhandle, yeah, you know, and. You know, I have a daily uh, newsletter that goes out, and and I said that in it that the great CFL read, is not, by the way. Subscribe, thanks. folks. Yeah, panhandling fan. I mean, they're panhandling fans. They now. are. I, mean, I did get some. You know, some people. I got a little bit of blowback from some fans this morning saying that, um, 
you know, they thought it was kind of a cool idea. But we did do a poll. It's just an informal poll, right? Um, that we did of of our readers and um, whether they support the yeah, idea whether they or support not. this or whether this or whatever. Okay, so for sure, I'd love to have my name on the cup. Got six percent of the votes. <laughs> I'm happy to help, but I don't want my name on the cup. Got eight percent of the votes. I'd like to see the league cut costs before it asks for help. Got fifteen percent of the votes, and not a chance. <laughs> got seventy-one percent of the votes. So, um, yeah, there's some diehards out there that might um, want to have their name on the cup. I, you know, I, that's I personally, I just think that's embarrassing. You earn your name on a championship trophy. You don't buy, buy yourself your way, right. onto it, right? Well. You know, we had joked, I think, a few weeks ago on this that w- the idea of like, should they just start a GoFundMe? That seems to be the way. That would be actually better. That than would almost this. be more transparent yeah. than uh-huh. what this is, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, the, they talk about a bright future. Is the future bright for the well, CFL? I, 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 in my opinion, not under the current leadership sure. of Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner. Um, somebody asked me this morning in an email, "Is like, who's thinking of these ideas? Like, is it?" people that are employed by him or is it but or is it him um listen i'm a huge fan of the cfl i mean i got a couple of emails this morning suggesting that i'm not i've been watching the <laughs> cfl since i was a little kid running on the taylor field right. with chin straps this is embarrassing you know i want the cfl to succeed and thrive and survive it's in our best interest as a news or organization that the i wish they were playing right now for sure it would you know be we filling could, our sports right, pages. we could be covering something so it's not I just, I, I would happily donate money personally to the CFL if I felt that they were doing the appropriate things in cost cutting, and they're not. They're, no, and we've not. we've talked about it on the you know the the leadership from the top. I mean, from everything we've heard, it doesn't sound like. You know, the coaches who are pulling in big salaries here in Winnipeg, Mike O'Shea, like, are these guys taking a shave? 20%. So, I mean, is that sufficient? Uh, well, are, they doing no, only, are they doing doing 80% of their work still? Listen, we've, and we've said this a few <clears throat> times here or whatever. Our boss, Bob Cox, the publisher, when he told us that we were going to have to take a 20% pay cut uh, during the pandemic, which we did, um, you know, took a 50% shave, right. okay? So now Mike O'Shea did a news conference last week. He, he met with the media or whatever. And, and in my opinion, here's what you do. You're the leader. You're the head coach. You simply come out and you say, hey, listen, there's been some questions about, you know, football operations and the costs of football operations. And I'm just here to tell you that I've taken a 20% pay cut, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a 50% pay cut for the rest of the season and 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 to show some leadership and here's what else is going to happen to the rest of the, and where's by the way where's general manager Kyle Walters hello Oop. Kyle are you there like he has not said a single no, thing no he hasn't and, and Wade Miller hasn't said anything much about this either no and what we do know about Wade but Miller but they want my money yeah i mean we know that Wade Miller is a very big supporter of Randy Ambrosi right like when Ambrosi's well, been kind of yes people have been kind of kicking Ambrosi a little bit and Miller's the one that least earlier in this was coming to his rescue he, outwardly he has been yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know what's said behind closed doors exactly and yeah. so is it just a front uh, or does he really believe that we right. we don't know we don't but know. you're right i mean um in times of crisis you always look to your leaders to guide the way and maybe set an example i don't know that we've seen that at all in the cfl and from individual clubs right and it's the players that of course are the ones who are really suffering and the fans but it's the players who now can't 
do what they do for a living. Like there's these guys no. are having to go find other jobs. Right. And, uh, some of them, their football career is probably over now, right? Like this be. was their last yeah, kick at it. It could be. Uh, and you're right. I mean, what are coaches and whatever doing to justify? I have no idea what Richie Hall's doing. Like, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I think Richie Hall is a, a, a great football coach and he's a great human being. And But there are lots of great people that have not been able to work because right. of a global pandemic and who have been affected financially and had to dip into their savings, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of people, millions of people, right? And so I'm not sure why, and, and, and you're right, all of the players have had to do that. I'm not sure why. They're not getting 80% of their salary. They are not. <laughs> and so I'm not sure why the football operations people are being protected here. And so if you're going to do that and incur these additional costs, then I don't think you should be asking Joe Fan to <laughs> three hundred. How much? Three fifty nine. It's three forty nine for season ticket holders, but later you'll be able to do it for three hundred ninety nine <laughs> if you're not a season ticket holder. So, well, I'll be curious to see what kind of yikes. revenue they bring in from that. Uh, if if our informal poll is well, any I'm, indication. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't sound like a money uh, winner, but... No, the CFL needs to be, you know, they need to take this as an opportunity. What are they going to do? Like, th there's a hypothetically that you're not going to be able to play in front of fans next year either. So, I mean, you know, they need to have some more forward thinking other than, hey, we're going to, you know, can we get $400 from each from a bunch of fans? <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Uh, Mike, let's talk about a local uh, sports team that is um, is doing well and is being successful, but they're not really doing it locally, unfortunately. Um, out of sight, not quite out of mind. Not, not but. quite. So, so you know, I get a lot of uh, uh, emails from people asking us to give us give give us give them a little bit more gold ice coverage, and you did that, and we're trying to do that. It's a little difficult because the. The Gold Eyes are not playing in Winnipeg, but they are still in first place, right? They are, yeah, clinging to first place. And there's only like 17 games left in the schedule. They're How far ahead are they going into? A half game. Half game, okay. Yeah, but then they've got a two and a half game buffer on third. On and the third. top two teams make the playoffs. So that's what's so. going to happen here is the top two teams right. in the league are going to play the, for the Straight to the best of five final. Who's that going to be, the Gold Eyes of Milwaukee? Mil those are the top two right now. And, Who's and the third? Uh, Sioux Falls. I should read the paper. Yeah. Right? So what I assume would happen? <laughs> let's just let's just assume that it's Winnipeg and Milwaukee. If the season ended today, okay. Uh, I, I assume they'll play the whole series in Milwaukee, as opposed to. I don't think they'll ha go back to Fargo, which is Winnipeg's home base, to play games three and four. And right. then I think they'd probably do it all in Milwaukee and do what... Hey, it's the States. They might do anything. They could. Um, and what they do is the Gold Eyes would become the home team for those two games. They'd bat last. And they'd also get gate revenues, which, you know, Sam Cates actually did a really nice job explaining to me last week how the whole revenue situation is working with the Gold Eyes this year, where they are playing all 60 games on the road, 30 of which they are the designated home team. But many of those games, Steve, they've been playing in Fargo. Like it's been Winnipeg versus Sioux Falls in right. Fargo. Nobody's buying tickets to watch that. I heard like, it's like two or 300 people though. If that. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. And so there's there almost are no ticket revenues for right. the Gold Eyes. So Winnipeg recently agreed to do something kind of unusual. They agreed to move their final nine home games, I put that in air quotes, to the the ballpark of the team that they were supposed to be hosting, right. Milwaukee-St. Paul. Right. 
The reason being, there'll be more fans there and they actually get their cut. And they get a bit of a cut. And oh, they okay. get their hotels paid for oh, as okay. well. Right. Which, uh, so it, it offsets some of their losses. It's not... Uh, as They're playing I, on the road anyways. Who cares exactly. what There's no playing, right? home yeah. field advantage. Yeah, yeah. So it's not really revenue sharing. It's more like deficit sharing that's going on <laughs> this year. Uh, and look, I mean, the Gold Eyes, they're taking a bath. All, all teams are this year. Um, and Sam Cates admitted it, that it would have been it would have been cheaper to just not play this year than it is to field a team for two and a half months. Could Sam be the CFL commissioner? Well, you know... Can it, you it, mention that to him? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting <laughs> uh, thought for sure. And I it, doubt it, he'd it, want to. Right, but it does go back to how bad of a look it is. Every other league found a way, the yeah. CFL didn't. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and so, like, come on. Um so, yeah, I mean, the Gold Eyes, uh, you know, Rick Forney's doing a great job hundreds of miles away from Shaw Park. Nobody's really See, seeing it. See, we can it. be positive, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, they've the Gold Eyes have had, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. Rick told me 30 years of riding buses in minor league baseball, he'd never had a tire blowout in his life. They had two in a three-week span, including one, he said, if not for a guardrail on the highway between Sioux Falls and Fargo, like he said, we would have been rolling down an embankment yeah, and lives yeah, would have been lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've had players originally at the beginning of the season test positive for COVID. They've had no infection since. That's the other, maybe the most remarkable part of this to me. You have six baseball teams. There's no bubble. There's no hub. Uh, because the other five teams are all playing in their home parks in front of fans. The players are just living in hotels. Uh, they're getting their meals and everything. Like there's no bubble and there has not been a single yeah. COVID case. And yeah. in some of these communities, like there's still a lot of COVID. So what it tells me, and Rick Forney said this, is the players are taking it seriously. He, he shared a funny story, Steve, about how in Fargo, they have the entire fourth floor of the hotel to themselves. And Rick is the man. It's a four-story hotel in Fargo? Apparently. It's a high-rise. It overlooks the... I hope nobody in Fargo heard that. Yeah. Um, but he said that the doors... We're international. The, he said the doors are really heavy. And if anybody was sneaking out, Rick said that he would hear it. And he's like, I never hear the doors slam. So he's like, the players aren't sneaking out to go to oh, bars yeah. and whatever. And so, yeah, they're they're writing a nice story. There's two and a so half So big weeks. question, Mike. So, I, and I've asked you this. I'll put you on the spot here right yeah. now. So the championship series will be coming up. Are you going to go? Uh, it's, we, we have to talk about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would I love to go. I got approval from the boss. Did you? Okay. I, did, yeah. I would love to go. It's just the quarantine issue. We, yeah. we have to deal. I have to figure out where I'd quarantine upon return. Well, the boss's wife just took their son down to, to right, cause Fargo. Right, because he he's a UND to, student, and, right? He's, no, he goes to North Dakota State North University. Dakota State, right. And so yeah, she's quarantining or whatever. Yeah, the you, only should, you should talk to him about how it works. Maybe I could stay at Paul's house <laughs> when I come back. The, the only thing that, that we just have to check because my wife works at a senior's residence. Oh, right. We just yeah. have to make sure that me being in the same house as her wouldn't um, wouldn't somehow then right. me mean that she would she have to quarantine right. as yeah. well. And I'm not sure on the wording of that. That All would right. be the only potential. Well, hang we'll up. find out, folks. We'll but, figure, we'll figure you know, it out. I've covered two Gold Eyes championships already. I was there in Wichita when they won in 2016. And then yeah, I was yeah. in Lincoln. and in 20, So it would be fun for sure. And it's a great story. And I mean, you're our hub city expert. I am. I, I, know, I know my way around a hub and a bubble. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that for sure. Okay. Well, that's it for us again, uh, folks. Thanks for listening. If you're still there, hello. Hello. <laughs> we'll 
We'll see you next week on episode 32.